Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Always a pleasure to have all of you with us here on the GM Shuffle. Yes, major college football news to get to in just a second, how that could impact the NFL, but also Washington's team name. Yes, some Jason Garrett news and the Patriots signing a running back reportedly to a one-year deal. But let's begin with this college football news. And this is major ramifications here, Mike. You and I both love college football, appreciate the sport. The news comes down. The Big Ten's not going to play this season. They're going to try to postpone all fall sports until the spring. The Pac-12 also going to do the same. However, this isn't going to be widespread at least yet. The Big 12 is going to try to play 10 games in the fall. The SEC is going to try to play 10 games conference only. And the ACC with 11 games as well. And Notre Dame's scheduled to play 10 ACC teams this season. Your reaction to the Big Ten, the Pac-12, Pulling the plug. You know, my reaction is I'm not sure anybody's right. I'm not sure the teams that are playing are right. I'm not sure that anyone really has the perfect answer. What I do know is this is a very challenging time. And I think that when you look at the landscape of what has to occur, it's really all about variable control, right? So anytime you've got to make a decision, you've got to put down on a piece of paper, what are the variables you're dealing with? What are things, the variables you can control, the variables you can't? This is what every coach really in any sport should always do. You know, in football, there's variables you can control. You can control tackling. You can control turnovers. You can, you can prepare for to control those things, right? There's some things you can't control. And so in this instance, there's so many things that you can't control that it becomes a real problem. And so because you can't control all these things, it becomes you you can't really get, get your hands around it. And then all of a sudden, things start to slip away. Well, you say, well, in baseball, in football, how are they doing it? Well, they're controlling it by, you know, really having a bubble. They've got real restrictions. The collective bargaining agreement has really helped them. That's a variable. College football doesn't have a collective bargaining agreement to help them. So that doesn't help them. So same thing in basketball. And and AD, basketball has controlled the variables and they're doing it so much so that next year they're already preparing for three bubbles. They're going to have... Three cities, they're going to play 20 games in a bubble, and then they're going to take two weeks off, rotate it around, play 20 more games, rotate it around, take two weeks off, and then go go into the playoffs. So they understand variable control. And I think the Big Ten... And I think the Pac-12 or whatever they're called, I think they just can't get a grip on the variables. Yeah, listen, the NBA, does it feel a little like summer league? Yeah, but the games are on. It's been fun to watch. The playoffs are starting soon. Hockey's done a phenomenal job. They had a five-overtime game last night. It looks great. They've been zero for over 7,400 in terms of positive tests. Baseball, there's no question it's been a little bit rocky. What happened to the Marlins? The Phillies missing some games. The Cardinals right now have missed 15 games. It's a quarter of their schedule. They're going to try to make those up, but it's going to be hard even with doubleheaders. But that's still only one of 30 teams 
teams that's really behind the eight ball, you only have 0.2% of positive tests. So I think anybody who says, yeah, you just can't play sports in this environment. Well, listen, we've got three major sports playing right now. But again, if the Big Ten is getting information that's different, the Pac-12, maybe it's as simple as this, Mike. Those are pro athletes who take those risks. For college sports, it's harder in terms of in terms of liability, what kind of lawsuits are you facing? You know, the other part of it is you have players who want to play. The hashtag, we want to play movement. Ohio State's Justin Fields, who clearly is not going to be playing this fall, and Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. Do you think that has any impact on the players who are being vocal? Jim Harbaugh is being vocal. That has any sort of impact on the commissioners? Are they strictly listening to the doctors and saying, no, we're going to have to go with what our medical experts are saying, damn whatever these guys are saying? Well, I mean, in any decision, right, you know there's going to be a group of people that will that'll say, yes, they want to play. So you almost have to ignore those. You can't really take them. They're operating with their, their hearts. They want to play. And I, I admire Trevor Lawrence. And in fact, the fact that he really wants to play college football so desperately when he knows that anytime he declares for the draft, he's the first pick in the draft. Like there's no hesitation in that whatsoever. So I think that that you have to ignore that. I, and, and I said this, I, I, I talked to a couple teams right after the draft and I said, I think you really need to spend time revisiting all the the college players again. Like immediately after the draft, you need to go full speed on next year's draft because there's a really good chance that in this supplemental draft that happens in July, there's going to be a boatload of players that come in. And then the NFL did a smart thing and they dropped the supplemental draft, right? So that that eliminated, that helped college football from having players come out. Now, all that work that teams did before they eliminated the supplemental work will truly benefit them because let's face it, without college football in the Pac-12, without it in the Big Ten, you know, without the real level of comp going on throughout it, you're going to need that spring scouting to help you build a draft board because right now it's going to be really hard. No doubt about it. And right now, Big 12 is going to play 10 games in the fall and SEC and the ACC. SEC is a 10-gamer, ACC 11-gamer. Notre Dame scheduled to play 10 ACC teams. But maybe Trevor Lawrence will get his wish because Russia apparently is on the verge of a vaccine. What would it take for you, Michael Lombardi, to take this experimental vaccine? Here we are in the middle of August. I, I think we got a better chance at finding that Russian in the Pine Barrens than we do a real that vaccine working. <laughs> Seriously, right? I mean, really, we got a better chance of finding his ass out there. I shot his fucking head off. He can't be alive. He's an interior decorator. House looked like shit. Yeah, okay, that, that is a better chance of finding Yeah, I mean, would you do it? I, like, I, 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 I watched one of those Bourne movies, the one that actually had words in it, AD, you know, where they actually had communication, not the last one where I think the last one had 750 words in it. You know, I, I saw Moscow in that thing and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, I don't really need to go there. Like, when I love to watch Anthony Bourdain, right? I love to watch Anthony Bourdain go travel all over. But there's like certain places he goes, like, I'm not watching. Like, he goes to Cambodia. I'm sorry, I'm not watching that episode, okay? He's in France. I'll watch it. You know, I'll watch it. He's in, he's in Portugal. I'm in. He's in Iceland. I'm in. You know, Cambodia, I'm not so much in there. You know, Russia, I'm probably not going to watch. Yeah, I love the uh, architecture of St. Petersburg. I've always found Russia fascinating, but I'm with you. I don't have to go. You know, I can just watch the born identity, right? I'll get a general feel for the ambiance. Uh, in terms of college football now, what does this mean now for the NFL, the sport that we most love here? And the thought immediately becomes, well, hang on a second. Of course, I mean, pro football talks, Mike Flory, the NFL will likely add more Saturday games this year if there's no college football. 
Now, years ago, they had the Sports Broadcasting Act of 1961. Basically, Congress gave the NFL an antitrust exemption for broadcasting rights under the condition the league wouldn't schedule games on Saturdays during the college football season or on Fridays during the high school football season. So both of those seasons, they get put on ice. All of a sudden, obviously, the NFL could get moved to Saturdays. This seems like a no-brainer, right? The NFL, for years, Mike, the reason they went to Thursday is they want to see if they can dominate the landscape every day. Like Right now in this country, Thursday to Monday, you're watching football. All of a sudden, if you can really make a stranglehold on Saturday, of course you would do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm told that they could go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm told they could do Friday night too. Because look, have you seen, have you watched some of these promos on, on CBS on these shows they're trying to do? They got people picking up trash. Who's going to watch that? <laughs> is this like a reality show? Like they do trash humpers? What is this? Yeah, like I saw this the other day. I looked at Millie and I'm like, no wonder why they need sports back on. Look at what they're showing here. <laughs> the networks are def- definitely desperate for programming if that's what it's come to. I mean, could you imagine what a Friday night rating would be like? A Friday night football game? I mean, and look, they don't have to worry about the stadiums. I mean, the stadiums are all empty. So, you know, Two weeks out, you tell the Patriots, hey, you're, you know, your game at Sunday at one. Now it's going to be Friday night at nine. OK, you just got to adjust the schedule. And then the next week, you know, they're going to play Sunday again. It's not that complicated. I think we've seen through all these difficulties we've had through the virus, we've seen some solutions. We've seen how people have changed. We've seen how Zoom can impact, how people can work from home. I mean, the the town I live in is booming. I mean, literally booming. The real estate market is booming in this town because people now can work from home. And and then instead of having a second home here, they're buying another home here. So it's like, it's ridiculous. So we're seeing some solutions that come out of it. It's all not doom and gloom. And I think the NFL is going to find some different solutions as well. I know basketball certainly seems to think they have. I mean, some of that stuff they're doing at the games is really kind of entertaining. Yeah, anybody who thinks right now, oh, college football not playing, could that have a bad impact in the NFL? No. The NFL just says, listen, we got our experts, we have our information, we're going to play. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether or not the season goes unimpeded remains to be seen, but... I don't want to say it's a win college football not playing because, listen, the more football is always better. But I think that, yes, the NFL is going to be smart and advantageous and say, oh, there's some real estate that we can pick up. Great. We'll dominate that landscape on Friday and Saturday. And as you mentioned, the networks will be only too happy to put on the number one sport in America. When we come back, news and notes from training camp, including the Washington football team, may be hinting at a new team name. Don't go anywhere. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but... It has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you gotta do, go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code shuffle that's code shuffle for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, several months have passed since the team began its search for a new moniker to take on. We're talking about the Washington football team, and the team promised that a new name and logo will be revealed at a later date. So for now, they still are the Washington football team, but there's definitely lots of different submissions being given by people out there Washington Red Wolves is an idea. This one, uh, Sarah was tweeting to somebody here at the the Washington football team's Twitter handle. Bottom line is this, though, Mike. I, you know, forget about the, the team name. What's it like right now? You think for Washington? Like, forget about the fact you don't have a team. You don't even have training camps right now. Right now, you and I would be talking about training camps, guys and pads, and instead you're studying playbooks. It must be the strangest feeling ever. Yeah. I think that the way the NFL has done it, you know, it's slower, but it seems to be working. We haven't seen very many positive tests. The players are are doing their on-the-field stuff. There's no contact. I think the teams are – you're able to build a team chemistry a little bit. As for the Washington nickname, I do think – if I were a betting man, I do think they would have some kind of red in it because they're not going to lose hell to the Redskins, right? Hail to the Redskins, you know, hail victory, Braves on the warpath, fight for old DC. You know, like they're not going to lose. They can't lose that. That's like a legendary song, you know? So I think Red Wolves make sense. But I do think, AD, I think the NFL is being smart. They're taking their time. They're moving through this. Everybody I talk to, they feel very safe within the environment. And, you know, they've been on the field, you know, they're, they're doing their drills. Now we're going to have contact, but I think once you're, you know, now that they've kind of bubbleized and stabilized everything, you know, I think he, uh, I, I, I think they can actually do a really good job with it. And I think we're going to be okay. I do think we got a chance to be, be through this okay. I hear you on Washington wanting to keep the colors. Would you have to change? The, I mean, listen, if the Redskins is viewed as offensive, do you think they have to change the, the, the song or the lyrics at all? Or they're just going to go, wow, what the hell? We changed the name. Let's just sing the song. Yeah, I think somebody. They, I think they got to do hell to Red. I think they got to do hell to somebody, right? They could change the words in the song. I mean, get Barry Manilow over there; he'll change the words. <laughs> I mean, he's great at writing jingles. <laughs> Barry Manilow's rendition, "Hail to the Red Wolves," coming soon. Um, let's get to our favorite, the Clapper. Nine full seasons, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, is back, baby. He is the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants, and. Listen, Dallas underachieved. You and I both talked about the fact they had an excellent draft. Michael McCarthy's a good coach. Dallas clearly is the favorite in the NFC East. But now Garrett has the chance to get revenge on Dallas twice this season. 
And when asked why he jumped to the job in New York, he said the opportunity was too good to pass up. Can you envision right now what an offense with the clapper is going to look like with Daniel Jones? I think it's going to look exactly like North Turner's offense from 2004, 2005. That's what he knows. And I think he's going to install that. I think he's going to have some protection issues with that when he gets going. I think Daniel Jones is going to have to learn to throw the ball with really good rhythm, five steps, seven, you know, and bang it out of there. I'm not sure how creative it's going to be from week to week. I think you're going to see the same things week in, week out. You're going to see a lot of F angles, F post. You're going to see a lot of the same things. I think in the month of Feb- a month of September – once people get a handle on what he's going to do, I think it's going to be really about the adjustments, right? So I think ultimately you measure a coach not by what his offense looks like, but what his offense adjusts to. You measure a defensive coach by not what it starts out with, but what it adjusts to. And I think that's what we all miss. You know, it's like, how do they adjust the game plan? Who makes them play left-handed? It's a little bit in the NBA-ish where the NBA, you know, people don't think the NBA plays defense, but there's a lot of ways they play defense and how they adjust from game to game. This is what makes the NBA playoffs so fascinating and how you can apply it to football because the game is all about adjustments in playoff time. It's how they defend this, what are they going to do to that, how the matchups would create. And I think that's where Garrett's really going to have to show his ilk. And he's going to have to prove that he's got this creative mind that he can make the adjustments and do those things. You know, And, and the fact that he's really never really been that type of coach then it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I mean, look, I think the Giants are struggling. I mean, the, the, you know, they lose Nate Solder, not that he played really well. I think Daniel Jones has got to hold on to the ball. My problem with the Giants is how how good could they possibly be on defense? And I think they've got a lot of work cut, work, work cut out for them down the road. And I think the other thing, too, is this is really important. I think when when the I think Joe Judge you know, is a good person. Joe's, you know, he, he's a good young coach. I think they hired him way too early. I think he needs more time, you know, from being around them. But this is what I really think. I think when you hire somebody from the Belichick tree, you've got to really understand that Belichick's not down the hall. So when the way you treated players as an assistant, the way you drove players as an assistant working for Belichick, you had him down the hall. There was somebody in the principal's office, right? When you don't have him down the hall, you have to adapt and change how you do things. That's, to me, going to be the true judge. If, if you want to judge Joe Judge, that's how you have to judge him is, okay, how are you adapting and changing with Belichick not down the hall? Because Belichick down the hall makes a huge difference because players fear him. Players fear him. Whereas is if you don't have him down there, you can't be the same guy. And I think that's the challenge. I think that's the challenge for Judge. I think that's the challenge for Garrett. Where's he going to discipline and control the variables for his offense? I think we got to find that out. Yeah, and go back to that point about Garrett. To me, I'm like, you had weapons at your disposal. You know, you had a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott, excellent offensive line, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, and you underachieved the eight wins. Like, how do you expect to improve upon that with inferior talent? And if there's one thing about Jason Garrett, you and I have never used the word ingenious, right? You never use a word like clever. Like, he's going to have to be innovative. Those are not words that come to mind when I think of Jason Garrett. And 
And that's why I think they're going to be hard-pressed. I think they're going to be kind of bland, to be honest with you. And I don't know if bland is going to work this season. And as far as Judge is concerned, as you said, it's one thing for the student to learn from the mentor, but to actually kind of go into his own skin. Listen, it's going to be a rebuilding year for the Giants. We know that. If they can make improvement over last year, I think they'd be pleased. Uh, to the Patriots and Belichick, running back Lamar Miller and the Pats reaching agreement on a one-year contract pending a physical. That's what agent Drew Rosenhaus told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Pats were looking at another option after Stoney Michelle underwent offseason foot surgery, open training camp on the active slash physically unable to perform list. So you're bringing a guy like this. This, this is the depth chart now. You got passing back in quotations, James White. You got Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, third round pick out of Alabama, J.J. Taylor, undrafted free agent. And now you got Miller, who three active seasons in Houston, ran for almost 3,000 yards and 13 touchdowns, also caught 92 passes as well. You know New England and the New England offense better than anybody, Mike. How does Lamar Miller fit what they're trying to do? Well, I think this. Let's start with Sonny Michelle. I mean, I think Sonny Michelle is probably destined for PUP reserve. I think he'll probably miss the first half of the season. I don't think there's any chance they're going to rush him back. I think, you know, with his ankle, I don't, I think that, you know, that train's going to, going to take a little bit of time to get out of the station. So they need somebody to come in that can, that can pass protect effectively, that can run the ball and can be part of their passing game. And with Cam, that's really going to be important. You know, everything I'm told about the Patriots is that Cam has become the man like like all those people that said you know remember that defensive court that, that that head coach in the east that said that you know cam's not going to be the starter well let me just break the news to him like i think cam once you let cam in that locker room like cam's the man like cam has this magnetic personality that we all talked about on this pod that's why ryan pace couldn't sign him because he would have destroyed trubisky it would have been it would have been like the way marlo took out gangs in in, in the wire it would have been ugly right you know, and so it, it, it would have ended quickly, right? And so it, it, he's doing that up there. So they're going to, going to try to surround him with pieces that can keep fitting him. And I, and I think that that ultimately will. Now, Lamar Miller, here's where Lamar Miller gets in a little bit of a problem. He's going to have to prove he can run the football and be a vital, vital runner because he's not going to play in the kicking game. And Bill's not going to take a third or fourth back that can't play in the kicking game. So the way Bill builds his team is it's always with the kicking game in mind. So the fans look at Lamar Miller and say, oh, that's pretty easy, right? But the reality of it is, is if he's not what he can be, if he doesn't, if he doesn't fill the role he was signed for, then he won't make the team because he's not doing anything in the kicking game. And that, that's how you have to build your team. You just can't have a bunch of guys that do one thing because what happens is you have a one-dimensional team. One of the best things he ever taught me, he said, as far as a running back, the first thing is he has to pass protect because Tom Brady's not going to want a guy on his team if he can't cover his ass. And so Lamar Miller, it's like, okay, it's a good thing if you can run. It was best season for the Texans, came in 2018. He averaged 4.6 yards per carry. But as you're mentioning, it's got to be all the intangibles for him to make an impact on this team, right? Right, no doubt. And, and I think that that's, you know, they're not going to sign him. Now, Lamar Miller really got better in his pass protection and he's a year off. I mean, it was the third preseason game. I mean, that's ultimately where we are right now. So we'll see. It takes a time for these guys with these ACLs. I know they come back quicker, but that burst, that acceleration that they really need is going to be, it takes a little bit more time and we'll see what he does. I think they're cautiously optimistic, but I know one thing about what's going on up there is I think they have a revitalization in terms of where they are offensively. And I think Cam provides that uniqueness that that has reinvigorated them. And I think they really needed that. I think ultimately, you know, their locker room, as you know, I mean, you, you know, you, I'm I'm old, but like 
if you're in your 40s and you try to relate to somebody in their 20s, you really don't understand it, right? So for Tom, he's 42. It's hard for him to relate to 22, 23 year old guys. You know, like I'm just, it's hard. As much as I swore that I would listen to my kids' music, there's no way, I, you know, I mean, other than some of the country they play, I, I'm not sure I'm listening to any of it. You know, I'm going right back to Springsteen. I'm going right back to Billy. Jo- I'm going back to what my music is, right? We all say that when we're young, but we never fulfill that that when we get older. And I think it's hard to connect. And I think that that's been one of the issues in their locker room up in New England is they never really could connect. Not, not because it was Tom's fault. It was just because Tom was so much older. Now I think they have a connected locker room. It's a funny point you make because I'm the same age as Brady is 42. And uh, there it becomes that stage. You're right. You listen to current music and eventually you just stop. And you know what? Like, I'm just going to prefer 90s music. And then I'll go old school. Like, I love Sinatra, right? I love Sam Cooke. I love The Temptations. I love Motown. Why is that? Why is it with music? You start to listen to the times and eventually you get to an age you go, no, I'm not listening to any more new stuff. I don't know. It's strange, you know, like, I, I, but like, I still, I mean, like, there's no way I'm not, there's probably not a, a, a time go, I don't listen to the, the Rat Pack, or Sinatra, you know, at some point you just, you just do like, I think it, I think what happens to us, you know, when you want to change a habit, right? You need a trigger in your life. You need something that triggers you to change a habit and, and music triggers memories for us, right? So when you hear a song, you know, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Brandy, the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, yeah. What a Good Life. But that triggers a memory when I was picking up trash on Ocean City's beaches because my father got so pissed off at me from playing Stratomatic Baseball from like I played Stratomatic Baseball with Sedino and Reynolds from, let's say, 10 o'clock in the morning until four o'clock every morning, right? <laughs> we would play that game in my mother's kitchen. We would play it in the dining room. We would play it in the living room. We played it on the pool. We played it everywhere from 10 a.m. till 4.30, 5 o'clock. Some mornings, my father get up and go to work. He'd see us still playing a game. He got so pissed off, he sent my ass to the beach crew, which meant I had to get up at five, be on the beach crew, picking up trash. And the only song, every time I hear Brandy, I'm a fine girl, I think I'm picking up trash on the beach. It's a miserable song for me, right? (laughs) So these triggers, they trigger something in your head, you know? And I think that's why music is so impactful because it triggers memories. And then it's like, it triggers you to change a habit. You know, when you want to change a habit, you got to think about when there was a happy time in your life, what you were doing, what you felt like, and then you could change your habit. Uh, speaking of the Rat Pack, my wife and I are celebrating our wedding anniversary coming up, and I'm going to surprise her because I said, listen, we gotta, I want to do something Sinatra. So I found out he was born 415 Monroe Street in Hoboken. I don't know if they, I, I doubt they have like a Sinatra museum, but hopefully there's just like a plaque, you know, the the greatest ever, Francis. They do. They, they do over there in Hoboken. Yeah. You, they, they have like a plaque where he, where he grew up, the house. He grew up in, yeah. Okay, good. I mean that, you know. He, I mean that's his town. I mean, you know. Now try to find a place to park. Good luck. But that's his town. <laughs> well, I've been told uh, one of his watering holes is called Leo's Grandevous. So that's where we're gonna go. I don't know if it's like got shrines of Frank everywhere. They're playing Frank music. I feel like I should wear a fedora. But yeah, you're right. Hoboken parking gonna be challenged, but beautiful view of the city. And uh, like I said, gonna check out some Sinatra landmarks because he's the greatest. Speaking of the greatest, The Sopranos. We've been talking about lines from famous characters. We're gonna go to the matriarch of the Sopranos. Is there a better cook than Carmela ever in TV history? I don't think so. We'll talk Big Ziti next. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. 
Facebook on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. All right, so we've been talking about the Sopranos characters and best lines in them. Let's talk about Carmela. Um, this is a good line. More is lost by indecision than by a wrong decision. Edie Falco, they say of all the actors, Mike, she's the one who's probably the most unlike Carmela. She showed up to our audition in roller skates. Like she's like one of these bohemian New York actors, you know, running shoes, hair in a ponytail. And it's like, wait, what? Like I'm going to play this? And she says she loved doing it because it's so unlike her. And they said, well, how did you embody this classic, you know, Italian-American housewife married to this gangster? And she said, well, once you put the nails on and once I got my hair done, you can kind of assume that character. I always find that interesting when actors who are unlike Unlike the people, in the case of Edie Falco and Carmela, are able to do that. And obviously, an unforgettable character. Tony is the heart of the show, but Carmela has to match wits with him. And there's scenes where they go toe-to-toe. That's as good as TV ever got. It's interesting. You know, I think David Chase should get a commission for Real Housewives of North Jersey. Because, I mean, really, when he put Carmela, Roe, you know, Angie Bump and Sarah together, and even Sylvia Dante's wife, you know, when they, that, that was the Real Housewives of North Jersey, right? I mean, that was the, you had to think watching that, that was the impetus of the show, right? I mean, you know, the nails, the hair, the look, Carmela decorating the house. And when she get pissed off at Tony, how about when she ordered all new furniture, it was costing him a fucking fortune, you know, he's like doing that. But I, I, I think to me, she truly was always the glue to it. You know, she was always... It was interesting how he wrote her. He wrote her as somebody who was really stuck in time, wanted to move, but didn't want to move. Like she wanted to move to a different time. She didn't want to be a mafia wife and just stay in the house, but she also didn't want to leave some of that. She wanted the best of both worlds, you know? And so, you know, building that house was was like a, you know, a, a, how about the way they negotiated that deal in the divorce settlement? Okay, you come back, you do, and they negotiated right there at the table. I mean, it was perfect, right? But I think uh, one of my favorite lines is when she says to Tony, the difference between you and me is you're going to hell when you die. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, that was an early episode. And you're like, man, okay, well, that, that's a fair point. Like, as you said, yes, she accepts this life and she tries to turn a blind eye to it. Like when Tony says, listen, you knew what you were getting into, right? You knew I'm going to be a philanderer. You knew uh, that this is kind of my lifestyle, but you get the jewelry and then you shut up. But obviously, like you said, well, they reconcile because she got her spec house, but she does does have some sense of decency. You know, she is a Catholic. She does try to consult with Father Phil and tries to clear her conscience, although she knows, you know, all the mistakes she's made. How about this, the sequence of Father Phil? He says, you know what's remarkable? If you take everything Jesus ever said, add it up, it only amounts to two hours of talk. And Carmela says, I heard the same thing about the Beatles, except it was if you add up all their songs, it only comes to 10 hours. <laughs> is that true? I was going to say, I want to know if that actually is true, because that's unbelievable. If that's the case, you talked about the Bourne identity. I mean, they're being very... Uh, uh, scrupulous with their words. There, I mean, no, seriously, there was like there was like eight hundred words in that in the last born one. Eight hundred words. I mean, can you imagine being the screenwriter in that one? Thank God you don't get paid by the word. I mean, I I think this. I, I love the fact that she was a Catholic. I think when she tells AJ, "Be a good Catholic for fifteen fucking minutes," you know. I mean, seriously, she's talking about being a good Catholic, and she curses within the same sentence for fucking fifteen minutes, you know. But I think one of the best scenes is when she goes to that old Jewish guy for therapy. You know, and, and, and he says, how's that working out for you? You know, and, and, and when Tony's out there, I think one of Tony's best lines ever, when he walks out there and she's smoking, making the appointment 
to go see the the doctor, the Jewish uh, therapist, you know, and and she's having a cigarette out there. He walks out there with the orange juice in his hand because he's pissed off because he comes all the way outside and he has the orange juice and he says, I like it when it says some pulp. And then she throws the fucking phone at him. It's the best. (laughs) A great sequence. And you mentioned just the, the, you know, the real housewives. The time that Rosalie says, it's not just us, the president of the United States for crying out loud, look what his wife would have put up with the, the blowjob and the stained dress. Angie Bompensera, Hillary Clinton, I can't stand that woman. Rosalie, I don't know, maybe we could all take a page from her book. Carmela, what, to be humiliated in public then walk around smiling all the time? That is so false. I would dig a hole. I would climb to it. I would not come out. And later on, <laughs> Rosalie says, all I know is she stuck by and put up with the bullshit. In the end, what'd she do? She set up her own little thing. Gabriela Dante. She did. She took all that negative shit he gave her, spun it into gold. I give her credit. Carmela, hmm, that's true, isn't it? She's a role model for all of us. There, They went from hating Hillary Clinton to saying she's a role model for all of us. And then with the brilliance of chases, he takes the writing from that and that's exactly what then sets the stage for when she opens up. She she takes the Angie Bump and Sarah character, how Angie did it on her own, and that forces her to move from that comfort zone over. I mean, the writing of Chase is so brilliant how he's able to do it. He gives you hints, and then, the, and then he carries away with it. it. It's just too good. Certainly is too good. There's no question about it. As always, you can tweet us uh, and let us know what you think as far as the podcast is concerned. Go to Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review. Please do give us a generous uh, five-star review and put a comment and a rate and review also mike's on instagram emma lombardi nfl same as his twitter handle you can follow me adnan sverk and you can also follow our show's instagram page at the gm shuffle closing thoughts from you mike no i think next week we're going to talk about the training camp show with the chargers because next week we got pads on i think next week we can start really getting into the football I think next week we're going to have pads. We're going to have guys. We'll have be able to understand who's injured, who's not, who's playing. All this crap about who's playing well is just crap right now because they're all in OTAs. We all know about OTAs. But I think next week, hard knocks, we'll be able to have a peek inside the Chargers. We'll be able to have a peek inside other things. I think the other thing is if you bet Cam Newton to be the starting quarterback of the Patriots, you're probably going to make money. Uh, last thought here from Uncle Junior, lamenting, I don't go down often enough. Carmella, that's not what I hear. We'll see you next time on the GM Shuffle. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.